Show, your home for Southeast Motorsports Sports coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Lap Show here on WSIC, where we talk motorsports for about an hour and mostly of the Southeast variety. We highlight a lot of the racers that are in the area. And uh, this week, we have a very special guest in studio, and uh, her name is Lacey Ferno. Lacey, you are 18? Yeah, I just turned 18 in April of April 16th, so kind of new. Okay, so 18 years old, and you're from Mooresville, and Lacey is an open-wheel racer, which means that she races midget cars and uh, outlaw carts, things that race at Millbridge Speedway. You hear me talk almost every week on this show about Millbridge because, well, it deserves to be talked about every week. If you've never been to Millbridge Speedway and you're a racing fan, um, hurry, quickly, get there. Um, MillbridgeSpeedway.com. But uh, we've got um, young Lacey with us in the studio. We're going to uh, talk to her for a bit about her racing and what she's doing. Um, my first question to you is, um, what are you doing this year? Tell me what you're racing. So this year I'm racing a micro sprint at Millbridge Speedway. Um, it's super cool. This is like, technically you could say this is my first full-time year in a micro sprint because I only did, I missed a, about a month and a half because last year from building it. But yeah, it's about my first full-time year in a micro sprint. And I also just got back from Illinois. I ran two races with Mount Stout Racing at um, Fayette County and Lincoln County Speedway in a midget. And it was super cool. It was so different. And it was honestly more like Outlaw Carts, which is what I raced um, about like two years ago. Okay. And yeah, it was really cool. And I really hope I can do it again sometime. Okay. So let's um, let's slow down here and go back a bit. Um how did you get interested in racing to begin with, and how old were you? So I always knew my dad. He raced um, super late models in the ACT Tour back in Vermont. He used to live up there before he moved okay. down here. And I always thought, like, my dad was the coolest person alive when I was little. They'd be like, oh, my dad's an engineer. It's like, my dad's a race car driver. Like, my dad's way cooler than y'all's. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I always thought that was funny. And, um yeah, I always thought he was so cool, and I wanted to be just like him. And he worked at Ganassi. He worked there pretty much my whole life. Oh, okay. And um, I always thought Montoya was super cool. I, he was always my favorite driver so when I was we. little. We all think Juan Pablo Montoya is super cool, because yeah, he is. Yeah, he was really cool. I don't know why, but I was like, out of all the drivers, for like the longest time, Montoya was my favorite driver. Until <laughs> I heard about Kyle Larson. Like I, I started following Kyle Larson probably... Like, hmm, probably when he ran Arca. Like, it was, like, a long time ago, and I thought he was, like, a wheel, man. I thought he was the best driver ever to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> he I was might like, be. so good, man. Like, <laughs> so he became my favorite driver after Montoya. But, yeah, I was definitely a Ganassi girl. I always liked the Ganassi drivers. Nice. Might be a little bit biased with my dad, but <laughs> that's all good. But, yeah, I really followed them hard, and I thought they were super cool. And, yeah, and I followed my dad. So that's kind of what got me into racing. So y- your dad was a racer at one time and then became a um, a mechanic and went to work for Ganassi or how did that work? Yeah, he's pretty much done everything. He's been a driver, crew chief, car chief, tire changer, um, fabricator. He now manages the fab shop. He works at track house after the merge. Oh, okay. And yeah, he loves it out there. He's, he's had super cool place, all the different people and stuff. He really enjoys it. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, he's now, he's been the fab shop manager for probably, 
probably about four years. So okay. he's done that for a while. And yeah, he came from Vermont and moved down here. But he's worked at all different teams. I know he worked at um, DEI, um, AJ Foyt's. Um, oh, wow. MB2. I think it's probably more. I'm probably forgetting about him, though. Wow. Okay. So your dad had a lot of experience and is still in the business with Trackhouse, which is one of the top two or three teams in NASCAR Sprint Cup or NASCAR Cup Series racing now. Um, so now, when did you start racing? How old were you when you actually got behind the wheel? So I kind of started, I mean, I wasn't that old, but I felt like I was like a grandma out there. I didn't start racing until I was about 14 years old. And oh, wow. Yeah, I started in an intermediate outlaw car at Millbridge Speedway. I didn't start out in like a beginner, a box dock, or quarter midget or nothing. I, I had been to the pit like two times prior, but um, racing-wise, I didn't start racing until July of 2018. Wow. So you were 14 when you started, and you started at Millbridge that had to be a real challenge because obviously you're at that point you're racing against drivers that have probably been running for, you know, five to even eight to 10 years in their career, or at least a few years. And you're kind of fresh out of the box. Um, what, what do you remember about your first night of racing? Um, it was pretty cool. I think I qualified, um, where did I qualify? I think it was third or fourth. And oh wow, it wasn't that great. It was like, like eight cars, but still I was in the middle. better than half the field. Yeah, I was. I was really pumped about that, and it's actually kind of funny because I remember the feature. I was running like fourth, and I think I cur- turned the corner too sharp and hit, hooked the berm and spun around, and this other girl hit me, and I and that became my first friend ever in racing. Oh wow! Yeah, she was super cool. Her name's Jordan. Jordan Bergoli. I loved her to death, and um, that's how we actually made one of my first friends. And then my first Wednesday race. Something very similar to that happened. There was a huge wreck in front of me, and I kind of drove into it a little bit. It was like, I think it was like 12 carts, and I think 3rd through 12th all wrecked. It was a big thing. Wow. And that's how I actually met my, one of my other good friends, um, Wyatt Foss. He's now in the military, but that's how I met him is my car landed inside of his car. And then we oh. just kind of sat there and talked while I was under red. And then that's how I made two of my two really good friends at Millbridge. So you meet all your friends when you wreck with them. Is yes, that kind of how that sadly. works? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you have a collision, you make a new friend. See, that's contrary, because usually when you have wrecks with somebody, you make an enemy, and instead you turn it into friendship. That's actually, uh, if you can kind of hang on to that mindset, uh, you'll be bulletproof when you get to the top levels, um, because nobody will will be able to mess with you. So um, you you started in the outlaw carts. How did, other than the, the wrecks where you made friends, how did your first season go? Um, my first, um, season in 2018, I only ran about 12 races cause I started in the middle of the year and it was all right. It just like one day, it just kind of all started making sense to me. Like for some reason in my head, I was convinced you didn't want to run the top of the straightaways in the corners. You want to run the bottom. And then after I did that about two weeks and realized I was being dumb, I, I went to the, t- <laughs> I moved my line, I fixed that. And then I just got way faster. And then I want, I remember winning my first heat race and I was so excited. I like, you would have thought I won the Daytona 500. I was so pumped about winning that heat race. And then I that bet. I don't even know. There was only like four cars in it, but I thought it Doesn't was so cool. Doesn't matter. You won. But yeah, then I ended up like, I think I ended up third that night. But that was really the day I decided like I really wanted to race. I think that was my fourth or fifth start ever. And yeah, and then I didn't win another heat race until the KKM Giveback Classic. That was like the first year they ever did that. And it was for the Opens, but there was still a good amount of intermediates. So I think there was about 20 intermediates that night. And I ended up winning my heat race and then finishing second. So then wow. I was like, I felt really good going to 2019. 
And then technically my first full-time, full-time season in 2019, I was um, a Phantom development driver, and I helped develop the new um, Phantom like, outlaw cart for the intermediates. And I think I won nine times a championship and wow. then like 30 heats and poles. Yeah, Phantom go-karts are like, they're just out of the water. Like, they are so good and like... You can't beat them. Like, they're just so fast. Yeah, for those listening to the show, um, if you're not familiar with go-kart racing, and and especially the dirt track go-kart racing, um, but it doesn't matter, dirt or asphalt, Phantom is one of the oldest and most revered uh, manufacturers of go-karts. And um, they recently got into outlaw cards at Millbridge, seeing obviously an opportunity to expand their their business a bit and get into a different market. So, Lacey, you're saying you were one of the development drivers for the Phantom um, outlaw cards, and apparently you did a pretty good job because you you won nine what nine races you yeah. said that year. Wow. That's amazing. And that was only your second year of racing like anything. Yeah, it was super cool. Harold and Bundy, they're they're legends. Like they're everything they do, it's just it's always fast and good. So you can you can always rely on them too for giving you great equipment. And when you have great equipment, you know you gotta perform and I think I performed pretty good that season. I um there was a couple I kinda let get away, but other than that, yeah, it was a really good fun season. I think about that season a lot. Now, just to be clear, Bundy is a legend. Harold is an antique. Um, that's, uh, don't tell him I said that. Uh, no, I like Harold. He's a great guy. Just, uh, it, it, I pick on him because gosh, he has been around forever. I mm-hmm. mean, I think he built Moses last go-kart. Um, but no, Harold's a great guy and, uh, Phantom, just a super, super, um, brand and, and obviously came out of the box fast, but goodness, that's pretty incredible that you were able to, from the first year to the second year to be able to be that dominant in a class um, and be that competitive, you obviously had some aptitude for this. I'm curious, though, in between those two seasons, how much preparation or or film study or eye racing or any of that did you do to try and raise your skill level going into the next year? Yeah, so I watched a lot of videos. My dad, he films everything, and so does my mom. Like, they always film everything. Sometimes the videos aren't the best, but you can still get the gist of what's happening. So those are always good to watch. And then I I raced a bunch. I remember I would run sprint cars because I felt like, I mean, they're not really similar, but in my head I thought they were like the exact same thing. And I would run sprint cars at Eldora, and that was kind of, I feel like that helped me a lot, just get really smooth. Because the difference between a Phantom and a QRC you um the QRC you definitely had to pitch it more and drive it a lot like harder, but the Phantom you had to be super smooth and like on the gas, but you couldn't like I feel like you had to be super smooth and it was all about like control and car control and yeah, so I think doing that with at Eldora really helped it a lot with me getting smoother and stuff like that. Wow, that is fantastic. You are a ball of energy, Lacey. Yeah, I feel like I just said smooth like 20 times in one minute. <laughs> That's well that, you know, we all have our words and phrases that we overuse, but uh, it, it's amazing how energetic you are and how passionate you are about racing. And obviously you're a student of the craft too, talking about, you know, being smooth and, and having to learn to adjust to all that. So um, we are going to... Step aside. When we come back, we're going to have more of Lee Lap. We're going to have uh, more with Lacey. And a little later on in the show, I'll tell you where I was over the weekend. I was at Charlotte Motor Speedway for a karting race. Talk about that, too. Back with more Lee Lap after this. 
Hey guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lab Radio. Welcome back to the show. Lacey Ferno is our special guest here on Lead Lab this week. We are coming to you, as always, from the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. So if you're listening to us on the radio station, we are grateful to have you. If you're listening to us on one of our affiliates or uh, on demand, we are equally happy to have you as well. And just a reminder that uh, for all the latest in racing news and racing stories and to hear our full lineup of shows, steeringwheelnation.com, steeringwheelnation.com. Just go to the website and uh, everything basically is just laid out for you right on the homepage. You can follow us on social media at the wheel nation at the wheel nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also if you're on LinkedIn, if you're a business uh, owner or in business and you're on LinkedIn, um, then you can uh, follow Steering Wheel Nation on there as well. And, of course, uh, Lead Lap Show has its own social, which uh, I'm woefully neglectful of, and I apologize for that. But it is at Lead Lap Show on Facebook and Twitter. So you can uh, follow those as well. Lots of ways to stay in touch with the show. Okay, so um, you, you were telling me earlier, Lacey, that your dad raced in the ACT Tour and won some big races um, and the championship before he moved to North Carolina. So you were born and raised here, were you? Yeah, I was born in Mooresville, North Carolina. Okay. But your dad is from, obviously, I'm going to guess, New England. He's from Vermont. Vermont. I, would, I think That Woodbury. is part of New England. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, the ACT tour is awesome. I love that tour. Very competitive tour. Um, so I'm curious, how did your mom feel? When her little girl, at 14 years old, decided that she wanted to strap on a helmet and get into a race car at Millbridge. I think she wasn't that surprised. I was always doing something. Like, I was I was never growing up like a girly girl. Like, I, I was always doing something. I played basketball for eight years. I skateboarded for, like, I still skateboard here and there, like, probably since sixth grade. So oh, wow. I've done a lot of like different kinds of stuff. I love fishing. I love getting in the mud. So I think she kind of expected me to do something kind of like that. But um, I remember when I was little, though, she never thought I would be a racer. Like, I always wanted to do it. But there was, like, this one time we went to, like, Tennessee, and I went did a go-kart race, and I went, like, one mile an hour on the entire track. And she was like, <laughs> I don't got to worry about that, girl. <laughs> but that changed. So Little she was, did she know. Yeah, she, uh, she was always nervous. She thought it was too dangerous, especially because – she kind of always said if I did race, not to do dirt. And I was like, I thought Kyle, I wanted to be like Kyle Larson, so I want to go dirt racing. <laughs> so she was, I think she she eventually did um, change her mind about it. Because my dad, he had um, a heart attack in um, 2017. Oh. And he had um, a Widowmaker heart attack, which just means 99% blockage. And he survived. He um, They had the, the zap thing on him. So they had, they had to zap him a few times. But he came back and... He's doing great now, and ever since that happened, she changed her mind about it all and let me and him go racing together to make as many memories as we could together. So, yeah, ever since then, we've been racing. I think she um, she sometimes questions her decision, but uh, I think in the end, she's happy that me and my dad are both happy, having fun, and might stress her out a little bit, but I think she has fun with it. Well, now, you're in a type of car that obviously, and again, for those in our audience who aren't really 
too knowledgeable about the open wheel, open cockpit type cars like they race at Millbridge, they they can flip pretty easily and, you know, often do. I mean, they're kind of, uh, they're a very uh, aggressive car to race, whether you're racing an outlaw car or you're racing a, a, a micro sprint, uh, which is just a bigger outlaw car with full suspension, or whether you're racing a midget, which is kind of a, a graduation step of a micro sprint, but they're all in the same basically sprint car family, if you will. So um, have you ever been on your top? Have you had that experience yet? Yeah. Um, one time when I ran outlaw carts, uh, I have really like not strong chicken arms. So like my arms are flailing around half the time while I'm driving. So when I was running my open, this is like, I started, I was running the top. Like this was like during COVID, like when nothing was happening, you can only go practice and stuff. And I remember my dad, anytime my dad says we're going out for one last run and anything that can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and he was like, all right, one last run. And we went out there and he put his hand out, do one more lap. And I went in the corner and my elbow hit the shifter and it knocked it out a year. And then I just went like yard sale and like I just started bail rolling through the corner. And he was like, oh, geez. <laughs> and yeah, so ever since then, he never put a shifter under my elbow. So that was in the outlaw cart. <laughs> And then in the micro... Um... Now, hang on a minute before we you, you talk about the micro, because I, I want to... <laughs> you used a term that, I, again, not everybody in our audience is going to get this. What does yard sailing mean? Honestly, I don't really know. I just... Like someone's like yard sailing something, they're just like flipping like crazy, just like boom, boom, boom. I so, see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I don't even know if that's the right terminology for it, but I've always called it that. It was entertaining. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bell for it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, on to the micro sprint. Yeah, so one time I um, my grandparents were there, and then my dad said the the quote one last run, and he did his <laughs> hand one last lap, and I went in the corner and I hit a rut, and then I barrel rolled it for like that one wasn't that bad. That one was only like two tip overs, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> and then one time in a race, I um kind of got. Kind of got a fight with a kid. He, um. You got a fight? Yeah, it was just like a word fight, though. It wasn't like a cool fight. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we, he, I guess he didn't see me. I don't really know. It was a long time ago. I, I mean, it was last year. So, I mean, I'm not really mad about it anymore. But he, like, came up and my, um, left front tire hopped over his right rear. And then I started barrel rolling down the straightaway in a heat race. So that Whoa. wasn't that fun. But, yeah, those are my knock on wood only two incidents I've had with, um, the wow. micro. And yeah, and then the midget, we didn't flip the midget, thank the Lord. So here we go. Not yet. I'm not yet. Not yet. Not going to Yeah. Um, so you've, you've been over a couple times and you've, you've survived it. So you kind of know what it feels like. Um, you know, it's kind of like riding a roller coaster. I think you, you, you're nervous about it and you don't want it to happen. And then it does. And you're kind of like, okay. I, I'm I'm still okay. You know, maybe you don't do it again and you surely don't want to be flipping every week in your race car. But my point is, is that um, I think people who don't race feel like it's this huge sort of experience. And at least at the level you're racing at, generally, it's not that bad. Um, you know, sometimes in the go-karts, I used to race carts, just the ordinary flat carts without the cages. And you, you know, you climb somebody and you start to tip over and you fall right out of the cart. And that's a little scary because then you got other, you know, it's yeah. like, don't hit me, um, turn me into track pizza. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a scary thing. Well, please, Mr. Ferno, for the love of all things holy, please never again say one more run, one last run. Okay. Um, because that doesn't seem to end well for Lacey. Uh, 
But uh, as you, you know, it's kind of a funny story for sure. Um, now, how did you get into the midget? Um, so yeah, I um, as I said, I'm really good friends with Ethan Mitchell and then Bundy. They've done my motors forever. And I remember one day this guy, um, Jay Mounts, he was um at their shop, and I met him, and I was like, this guy's pretty cool. And I started talking to him about maybe running a midget for him one day. And he, um, I need to get a sponsor for it. So I um, I do all my own marketing and stuff. So I reached out to like. I feel like a million different companies. And well, I was reaching out to all those companies. I had this one guy respond, uh, Michael, one of the coolest guys you'll ever be. He owns um, MPV Express, and he pretty much was like, hey, I'll put you in a midget for two races, and go have fun with it. Go show the world what you can do. And yeah, that's kind of how I got in the midget with um, Jay and and Michael. They, um, yeah, so that's how I did that. And it was really fun. It was a really cool opportunity. I had never done that before i've never been outside of like north carolina before like racing wise so it was really cool to go to like a different area and just check where'd it all you out. race um fayette county and lincoln county fayette county um a lot of people know it as brownstown but if fayette county was oh. definitely bigger it was um it was kind of eh, it was kind of like banked up a little bit but it was kind of dusty so it's kind of hard to tell but then I liked Lincoln. Lincoln's honestly kind of slept on. Everyone told me that they don't like Lincoln, don't run Lincoln, blah, blah, blah. And then I went there, and I really liked Lincoln. I thought it was a really cool track. It was gripped up. It was fast, two lanes. Like, it was, what more could you ask for on a dirt track? Like, it was really cool. Well, I'll tell you a story about liking or not liking a track. You may have heard this before, but Kel Yarborough used to always say he never liked Bristol. He never won there. So Daryl Waltrip heard that story and decided when he was coming into Cup, he was going to love Bristol, and he won like seven in a row. Um, So the mental game is really different. So when somebody says, you know, they don't like this track or whatever, just just go tell yourself, I'm going to love it. Because the minute you say you don't like something, the performance level drops because it's just sort of that mental mindset of i don't like this or it's too hard or i can't get through the corner or whatever so always try to be positive so that's kind of good that you did that and went a little bit contrarian um with that what was it like uh, tra- uh going from the micro sprint to the midget because the micro 600 horsepower the midget is a much more volatile race car i feel like what was that transition like for you Honestly, it was a lot different, like a lot more different than I thought it would be. A lot of people say the micro is really similar to a midget when you get into it. But personally, I think it's more like an outlaw car just by the way you have to drive it. Because the micro, it's super like smooth, throttle control. And like if you lift, it doesn't like send you really squirrely. Like with the midget, you have to like pitch it just right. You can't, if you lift too much, it upsets the back, the rear end and all that stuff. So you definitely drive it more like an outlaw car in my opinion. Just the way you have to turn the corners and just like set it. So, yeah, I mean, it was really cool. It was different. I'm definitely glad I ran an outlaw car at one point in my life. So that helped. That definitely helped with the transition. And, yeah, it was super cool. Like, I would definitely do it again. Like, it was so fun. So you've never run anything that hasn't raced at Millbridge. Your whole career has been the various types of things that the Millbridge runs, right? Yeah, I've been to – I mean, I went to Rockfish a few times. That's a super cool track. It's a yeah, lot it's bigger a nice than Millbridge. Yeah. And then I ran, like, the fairgrounds one time, two times, and then I went to the indoor in Virginia one time. Okay, but all of it's been open-wheel, open-cockpit yeah. cars. Interesting. Okay, so um, we're going to step aside once again here in Little Lap, but – when we come back, we're going to talk about something that Lacey started um, to help raise awareness for something. And I want her to kind of fill in the blanks for us because it's a very personal thing for her. So we're going to be back with more of Lacey Ferno on the Lap Show right after this.
Welcome back to the Lead Lap Show. Tom Baker with you. And Lacey Ferno is my special guest in the studio. She is an 18-year-old open-wheel racer from Mooresville who runs at the Millbridge Speedway and has just elevated up into a full midget um, and made her Power Eye Series debut. That's one of the top two series for midgets in the country, along with the USAC series, which is the, I guess, the grandfather of them all when it comes to this type of racing. But Lacey, I wanted to ask you about something that's called ripping for a cure. Now, again, for those of you listening, ripping the lip or ripping the top is just kind of open wheel racing lingo for, you know, really riding the cushion, the upper edge of the racetrack. So you've created something called Ripping for a Cure. I love the name. Tell us what it is. Yeah, so Ripping for a Cure, I um, I created that in honor of my dad. Like I said earlier, he um, he suffered from a heart attack in 2017. He had a Widowmaker heart attack, and that really flipped our family's lives upside down. Heart disease runs all throughout my family. Like, I think my grandpa, he has the max amount of stents like you can have in your heart. Oh, and then wow. my... um. Uncle, he had a quadruple bypass, so they all got lots of heart problems on that side of the family, and I really wouldn't be racing if that never happened, because my mom would always thought it was too dangerous. So I definitely, ever since I started, I definitely wanted to do something in honor of my dad, just to like, kind of, just like in honor of him and raise awareness for something, and I knew it would be for heart disease, and then I just remember I was sitting in our living room one day, and I was like, you know what would be a cool name for that? Ripping for a Cure, and then that's kind of how I came up with the name, it wasn't like a super like... I don't know why, I don't know how I came up with it so fast. I literally just like kind of came up with the idea one day and like five minutes later I was like ripping for a cure. There you go. I so, think yeah. it's great. So what is it? What does it do? Yeah, so it's raising awareness for heart disease within like the racing community and the community around us. For my senior project, I actually did it at my school and did a whole like little thing at my school for like K through A and they all came and looked at my car. I told them about heart disease. I gave them these cute little cars I found on Amazon that were like shaped like hearts and you pulled them back and they were really fast. They were really fast for pullback cars. <laughs> I thought they were so cool, and I was like, I was like, I kind of want to keep one of these. These are cool. These are cool. But yeah, that's what it's kind of for. And I have nine ambassadors. They're all really good drivers. I got um, Dustin Phillips, James Turnbull, Abigail Lett, uh, Max Mitchie, Logan Prickett. Um, I'm blanking out. Trey Garst, uh, Cam Martin, and oh no, I don't want to say the same ones twice. I'll tell you what. Here you go. I wrote it. I love them all, but I, I have, I'm very flighty. Go so ahead, I read, all, read the entire list again. All right. So we have um, Dustin Phillips, James Turnbull, David Gasper, Cam Martin, Abigail Lett, Aiden Donaldson, Trey Gars, Max Mitri, and Logan Prickett. I love them all to death, but I'm a super flighty person. I always forget who I say when I start listing them all <laughs> off. <laughs> it's always good to have notes, see, when you come to the yeah. radio show. Um, she, uh, Lacey gave me a very nice bio about herself and forgot to bring a copy apparently. Yeah. So, um, uh, but, uh, now what do the ambassadors do for this and what, like if somebody in our audience wants to be a part of this, is there, are you, are you taking money? Are you doing it? What is, what is the object? I know you're raising awareness, but what, what kind of does it do? Yeah, so my ambassadors, they all race themselves. The majority of them race micro sprints. I know, like, Max Mitri, he races, like, everything under the sun. He does micros, sprint cars, midgets, outlaw cars. He does everything. But the majority of them either do micros or sprint cars. I know, like, Trey and Cam, they race at Knoxville, one of, like, the biggest sprint car tracks. And uh, they just stay – 
they kind of just they race and then they tag Rippin and then I tag and Rippin people check out my the page I made and they just kind of help raise awareness. I have I have some shirts I made. I'm definitely gonna make some more in the future because I like designing stuff like that. So I have some shirts for sale and I'm definitely gonna do a donation thing soon. I don't want to mess it up. I'm really worried I'm gonna do something wrong and then mess it all up. So I'm very like particular with it all. But yeah, if y'all want to get involved with it, just make sure you follow it on all social medias. It's all it's at Rippin for a Cure. Just R I P P I N for a Cure. So yeah, that's um. It's, it's definitely a growing thing. It's definitely in the works, but as time goes on, it's grown a lot, and it makes me really happy how much people want to, like, get involved with it, and especially my ambassadors. Like, I had, like, I think 80 Instagram followers on that account, and they were like, they all apply, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Wow. But That's yeah, awesome. I love them all to death. I call them my ripping babies. They're, my, like, they're like my children. <laughs> That's great. So now, so now, how does your dad feel? I mean, he must be very proud of you for doing that. Yeah, I think he is. I think he... Um, He's kind of like, oh my god! Like he's like, I don't. He's like, people don't need to know that. And I was like, well, you know, it's. I think it's. I think it's pretty cool. So it's part of the story. Yeah. yeah, I think he he likes it. I think he doesn't want it to be kind of like about him. Yeah, he yeah. wants it to be more about me than him. But he's the reason I'm in it. So yeah, like that's that's pretty amazing. Um, okay, so now do you have? I mean, you mentioned Kyle Larson. Is is he kind of the driver that you would? like to pattern yourself after or are there other drivers that you kind of fought and, and are there any drivers who have been particularly helpful to you in your career so far yeah so definitely kyle larson is the main one i remember when i first started i actually we actually bought one of his old outlaw carts so he's definitely helped me a lot he used to, he would come around me at millbridge a few times and be like Hey, you're doing this wrong. Fix that and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, he he's definitely been the, one of the most helpful drivers I've ever met, and he's super he's a super cool guy, super chill, and yeah, and definitely. I also really like Ross Chastain. I like his driving style, how aggressive he is. <laughs> so <laughs> there are a few of his competitors that might disagree with you, but uh... yeah, I always thought he was super cool. I remember I remember he was um, his first Xfinity race with Ganassi. I was like. I don't know. I was just like, I was like, who's that guy? And then I was like, he's cool. Like he just like, I mean, you never really heard of him in his first race. He about won it, and he had the watermelon thing. So I was ever since then, I've really followed Ross Chastain hard. I actually don't have it with me right now. My um keys, like I drive my car with, it's a Ross Chastain lanyard. So oh, I think nice. He, I think he's super cool. And then definitely, he he's a cool guy. And the dirt side, uh, Donnie Schatz. I think he's super. He's a wheel man. He's He's, I think he's won nine championships. He's won so much, and he's definitely someone you want to model yourself after in the dirt world. And he has two nieces mm-hmm. who are coming up through in racing, too. I don't know if you knew that, but Layla and Amelia Eisenshank are Donnie's nieces, and both of them came up through the dirt go-kart ranks. And so I announce the O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship at Batesville every year in Mississippi on Thanksgiving weekend. And those two young ladies, when they first started coming, they were very young. And so they were, you know, obviously they were slower and learning and, but the last couple of years, boy, they, they've each won a couple of races. Um, and they are very, very, and also basketball players. So you might want to look into following them and, and getting in contact with them because they're, they're, they're very nice young ladies. And I think now that one of them, at least, I think is racing a big car. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but um, just uh, a lot of fun. So, yeah, Donnie is definitely he's been around forever and a uh, uh, very successful racer. So a uh, good role model there. Um, 
Are, is there anybody at Millbridge that's really helped you out other than whenever Kyle shows up to critique you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's only critiqued me like a few times, but he's definitely <laughs> helped me a lot. I think when I first started, a lot of people would come around like Andrew Worley. He really tried to help me a lot. He was super cool. And um, honestly, there's not that other than Andrew driver wise at Millbridge. I don't I don't I mean, this is this might seem surprising. I don't really talk a lot at the track, so. I definitely kind of stay that, with my group. That is surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'll be at the track and, like, Limeade, uh, Tyson Gifford, he is, like, the coolest videographer in the world. He does all my media stuff. And usually if I'm there, he'll be, like, five feet behind me because I cannot walk around by myself. i got to have someone to talk to. <laughs> so that's usually who I talk to at the track. But I think, yeah, Ryan Repko, he's – me and him talk a lot about, like, the track and stuff. He – he, we drive the same. We, drive, we both drive a hyper. So whenever I'm like, I feel like I'm a fish out of water. I'll be like, "What are you doing? Like, are we doing something different? Like, what's going on there?" But yeah, honestly, I don't think I've really talked to that many drivers about how to drive a micro at Millbridge. Ryan Reptile, there you go. Uh, Repco's a good guy, and uh, we've had Ryan on the show a few times. Really enjoy uh, having him on whenever. And and uh, yeah, he's done well with. Uh, you know, and more and more of the NASCAR drivers are getting into the open wheel form of racing at Millbridge now, aren't they? Um, Tyler Ankrum's got a micro sprint. Um, I know, you know, we, you, you're friends with LeVar Scott. LeVar kind of grew up racing those things. He, he's running them. Um, think he put Roger Carruth in his car or somebody did not too long ago. Um, so seeing quite a lot of participation there, Millbridge is kind of the new cool thing to do on, on a Wednesday night, it seems like. Yeah, it's crazy how much it's grown. I remember I started racing there before they even had the micros there, yeah. and it was like all about outlaw cards. And the outlaw cards have kind of faded away just because of how big the micros have gotten, but the micros are insane just watching them grow. Ashley and Jeremy have just done like a crazy job with how good they handle it all because... I know if I was handling that, I would have, like, a nervous breakdown with, like, 50,000 micros there. <laughs> but, yeah, I know, like, Toyota development's there, Chevy development's there, and all their drivers are super cool, and, like, they're really humble. They're nice. They don't, they don't just because they're a NASCAR, it's not like they, like, look down on you or nothing. They're, like, they're super cool people. And I think, yeah, I think Corey, he's, Corey Heim, he's just started running at Millbridge. He's done pretty good. I'm pretty good friends with him, so I kind of mess with him a lot. I'm, like, I'm going to, like, I always tell him I'm going to wreck him if I'm near him. But, <laughs> like, he's there. Um, like you said, LeVar. LeVar, he um, he um, he ran one race at Millbridge. But he had a, I think his motor blew up. So I know, like, I mess with him. I was like. You just had, can't have nice things. I was like, yeah, you just have one top three and then you retire. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to talk him into coming back. <laughs> but, yeah, he's funny. He's always there. Me and him are good. We became really good friends this year. And I think, yeah, like, Repco, he's new. Um I'm trying to think. Um, well, if you look at the midgets, you got John Hunter Nemechek has yeah. run some races, and I'm sure you probably met Jesse Love. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Jesse's, Jesse Love, he's been there a lot. He's awesome. Jesse's a great, great, he's going to be a future star for sure. Um, so, yeah, there's a bunch of those guys that are doing that now, and it's uh, just a whole lot of fun, and, and it must be pretty special for you to be able to be around because, like I said, you know, Larson and Chris Bell races there. Um, it's quite a gathering on a Tuesday or Wednesday night for those things. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and everyone there, it's like, it's just kind of like a big family. Everyone's super nice. And like, there's definitely like, just be, just because like, there's like really high up people. It's definitely like the competition. I feel like it's pretty even yeah. like Tim Nye, he's super good. And he's like, and he runs all of his own stuff. And then you have Jesse Love, like you'll have like the top three and it'll be like a NASCAR driver, yep. a local person, NASCAR driver, which yeah. is pretty cool. I think I really, everyone there is just super cool. Like, yeah. 
I, it's just a really cool experience. It really is. Millbridge is the place to be in the middle of the week. Millbridgespeedway.com. Back with more League Lap after this. Mentioned Jesse Love's name, and he appears. <laughs> Welcome back to Lee Lap. Tom Baker with you, and Lacey Ferno in the studio with us. An 18-year-old uh, midget and open-wheel micro-sprint racer who competes at the Millbridge Speedway, which is located between Mooresville and Salisbury on Route 150. If you've never been there for a midweek show, take the kids and go. And while you're at it, go to the concession stand and order a walking taco. Walking tacos are Millbridge's unique featured delicacy. And no, they don't really walk. It's just a taco in a in a little pouch that you can. You just gotta order one. Trust me, they're good. Okay, Lacey is with us, and uh, Lacey, um, you have accumulated a pretty fair following on social media. You were saying that you've got about thirty five thousand total followers between all of your platforms. Is that unique followers, or probably a portion of that? I would imagine are the same people following you across multiple platforms, right? But still, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Um, I definitely have grown my social medias a lot, especially during COVID. I remember I had nothing else to do, and I was like, I want to try to grow my social medias. And I remember I, I've grown it all through TikTok. I, in like May of 2020, I had like 64 TikTok followers, and I was like, I'm going to grow this. And then within a month, I had about, I think, two, like, I, was, I got to the point where I was getting 1,000 followers a week, and I was, like, wow. growing and growing and growing. I think right now I'm up to 25K on TikTok. Wow. But, yeah, TikTok's super fun. I love everyone on there. It's, like, a very nice, positive community. And I just started doing streams on YouNow. That's really that's pretty fun. Say it again. What is it? Uh, Streaming on YouNow. Just, like. YouNow? Yeah, it's, like, a live stream thing. Hmm. It was really big. I'm that one. I remember it being like a, I used to watch them when I was like in middle school, like with like like famous like internet people would do it, and I thought they were so cool. And now like I'm a feature creator on there. I'm like I'm like this is like a full circle moment. <laughs> like I think it's pretty cool. But yeah, and then Instagram's pretty. I have my Instagram's pretty get big. Get, well, it's not big, but I'm growing that pretty well. I think I'm up to like 4K on Instagram. So yeah, it's growing social media is it's it's huge when when you're racing. You have to, yeah, absolutely. You got to really work hard at it. Okay, so we've got about five minutes left. And we are going to play a little game called Rapid Fire. These are random questions about random topics. Give me your first answer that comes to your mind. Okay? Here we go. First question. You're ordering a pizza. Pineapple or no pineapple? Probably no pineapple, but I'm not against pineapple on pizza. Okay, so we agree on that. Um, Which talent that you don't have... Would you most like to have? Being good at doing flips, like gymnastics. Oh, I was going to say, you told me about two or three of them earlier. Yeah, I did gymnastics when I was little, and I was too bendy. I just would bend in half and fall over. (laughs) You You were too flexible. It's interesting. So you just do your uh, gymnastics in a race car. Stop doing that. You'll give your mom a heart attack. Okay. If you had to delete all but three apps... From your smartphone, which three would you keep? I'm going to get made fun of for this. TikTok, Snapchat, and Dirt Vision. 
Think, why would somebody make fun of you? Those are kind of basic TikTok and Snapchat. Well, but those are <laughs> that you just said. I just I'm asked which three girl. would you keep? That's right. I would expect that. Um, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Period. I say period way too much. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite gadget? Oh, I don't know. Can, does my race car count? I will count it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, that works. Okay, now this one you might have to think about for a minute, but maybe not. If you could send a message to the entire world in 30 seconds, what would you say? Uh, I would say, well, I would, of course, say just, like, just send it, you know, just no matter what you do, just um, always have fun with it. You don't kind of, I feel dumb saying, it's like YOLO. You only live once, so never, never take anything for granted. Just live life to the fullest. You never know when it's going to Something bad's gonna happen, so you just kind of gotta always push it. Just always have fun, have make the most out of life. So just always send it. I love that. Great answer. If you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? Ooh, I don't know. I was I didn't like school. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe maybe PE, like like physical education. I think that would be fun. It would be done with a race car. I just know it, though. Um, okay. What do you value most in your friends? Uh, being unique. Like, I don't like people that, I mean, I mean, I do like you. Don't, like, I don't like people that, like, they, like, I don't know. Like, I don't like fake people. Like, they'll, like, say one thing and then say the other thing. Oh, Blake's here. Blake Lowe at the end. He's one of my good friends. He's a really cool guy. Uh, yeah, Blake's on our next show. We're recording shortly. <laughs> just gave him a shout out. <laughs> So you you want authenticity? Yeah, authenticity. That's the good. That's the okay. word I was looking for. <laughs> okay. What is something that you like that most people don't? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like skateboarding. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people like skateboarding, but I think in the racing world, there's no one that really skateboards, and like skateboarding was is so fun. Like I think a lot of people sleep on that. <laughs> I definitely sleep on it because I don't want to hurt myself uh, or end up putting myself in the hospital. Um. What is your favorite movie? Ooh, Talladega Nights. Oh, boy. I got to give you a buzzer for that. <laughs> of all racing movies, Stroker Ace is the correct answer for a racing movie. Um, if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? Definitely buffalo chicken. I'm on the biggest buffalo chicken kick of my life right now. Um, ooh, pepper Where's jack your cheese. favorite place to get buffalo chicken? I'm curious. If you go out somewhere to get... I don't know. I'm I'm the most unpicky eater in the world. I will eat buffalo chicken anywhere. <laughs> uh, I I went to Field of Greens today and got a buffalo chicken salad. Hey, they have go. they have That's really a good great buffalo place chicken. to eat here in Moores down in Mooresville. If you've never been there, those of you listening, Field of Greens in Mooresville, it is awesome. Biggest salads you'll ever see in your entire life. And they slap. Oh yeah, they are good. They are good. Yeah, that is a great place to eat. Okay, um, I know that you can't do all this racing stuff by yourself, so we got about a minute and some change. So take all the time you need to thank all the people you need to go. Yes. Yeah, so I can't thank um, my parents enough, obviously, for letting me go racing, and then my, all my sponsors: Lucas Oil, NGK Spark Plugs, Pit Viper, Highline Clothing, SRI Stock Car Steel, Northern Chill, GTR Simulators. All those people that have helped me along the way: Michael at MPV for letting me go run a midget, 
And yeah, just everyone that's helped me along the way. I've had Highline Clothing. They've they've literally been with me since like two months into me racing. So they're really cool, Nicole and all them. So you want to check them out. They make really cute racing shirts. I have a code. I think it's Elferno. So if you want 50% off a shirt, go check out Highline. Yeah, Lucas Oil, NGK, Pit Viper. Just all those people for taking a chance on me. And yeah, hopefully we will keep growing and I'll be able to bring them midget racing next year. It is Lacey Ferno. It has been most enjoyable to have you on the show, young lady. And good luck and be safe with your racing season this year. And uh, go win something. We'll have you back um, once again. Okay, that is going to do it. I was going to talk about my time at Charlotte this weekend. But uh, we'll talk about the WKA Gold Cup Series returning for the first time since 2016 on next week's show. And we're also going to take some time next week to have some in-depth discussion about uh, Bruton Smith, who passed away uh, this past week as well. So until then, see ya. You've been listening to The Lead Lap Show, home to Southeast Motorsports coverage on the radio. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Lead Lap Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And visit leadlapshow.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of the Lead Lab Show. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of the Lead Lab Show. Thank you for listening.